Mr. Sauce. Saucy McSaucerson. Are you ready? Just start with good morning like usual. What is this? <laughs> Nonsense. Let's get ready to talk movies! You gotta spice it up, my friend. You gotta spice it up. Fuck all that good morning nonsense. We're here to talk movies. We're the Epic Film Guys. It's been a few weeks. We missed you. We know that a few of you out there may have missed us. But we're back. We wanted to take... Maybe like three people. A little time... Dude. Four, maybe. More like two. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, no, we, we really want to take some time off. We just, um, we had a gargantuan event, um, live stream for The Cure. We wanted to take the opportunity right at the top of the show to thank each and every person that tuned in, donated, was a content creator or podcaster that was able to do a segment on it. Um, even if you just shared the event on social media or liked a post on Facebook, Thank you to each and every one of you that supported the live stream for the cure again this year and made it a huge success. Uh, after a gigantic donation of $1,000 from Fez and the peeps over at Afterburn 739, I believe the final tally ended up being like $19,054.20 to be exact. But um, wow. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, we popped our head in as much as we possibly could. Our good man, Nick Haskins, Epic Film Guy Nick, did an amazing, a wonderful job this year yet again, and he continues to push forward for such a great cause. Also, I mean, he could not have done it without Dan Brennick of Netflix and Swell and our good friend Gerald from Two Peas. Uh, that team, they got something there. I mean, those three in a room together and making Unstoppable. it Unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, there's there's got to be something to be said about you find the right people and they do the things that make it work grinding those gears. And so I just, I, I mean, just seeing that number and seeing the amount of people that came out yet again, uh, warmed my heart. And we just, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so, so much each and every one of you. It really means the world to us. So insert smattering of applause sound effect there that you don't have voice house. Cause you don't have a fucking, <laughs> I'm sure I could find one somewhere. Yeah, just toss it in there, as, as Nick <laughs> would perfectly put it. But yeah, man. So, I mean, that was such a huge deal. So, you know, that's the reason why you haven't heard from us since our spiral review, which apparently no one went to go see. <laughs> so not many of you probably listened. And also, you know, it's a thing. Sometimes things hit. Sometimes they miss. I don't know. And now we have two movies that it seems like two. everyone is seeing. Yeah, man. Uh, great weekend this past weekend for movies in theaters it just dawned on me loy sauce that within the last week and a half i've been to the movie theater three times to watch movies and that's a pretty fucking amazing feeling dude that like it's like nothing else in the world going in there and enjoying a movie in that communal experience and i'm going to talk about it a little bit when we talk about a quiet place part two speaking of someone who is stationed at the very front gate so to speak the front desk of the Alamo draft house. It's pretty amazing seeing just how many people came out to the movies this weekend. Having it back in full force is really, really exciting for me. Um, I think, again, I said it before, but as more and more people get vaccinated, we see more and more movies come out. Uh, people are going to be itching to go back and it's, it's a really special feeling. It, it, it certainly is. And I mean, 
these two movies that we're going to be talking about are perfect for making people want to go out to the theater. A huge Disney movie. Everyone loves Disney. Uh, they rule the fucking world. And then there's a sequel to a very, gr- very great, uh, very profitable box office juggernaut from a few years ago that made a lot of money that everyone went to go see. So a sequel and a Disney remake. Two perfect movies to get everyone out. Sequels and remakes. Yes. The movies are back. (laughs) Movies that always get people in the theater to watch them. But yeah, we're going to be talking about those. But how are you doing, man? We always do the little check-in thing. It sounds like things at the theater are going well and you're happy and... Very well. Very well, yeah. yeah. I uh, had to recover a little bit after the live stream because... Well, during the live stream, really, because... uh, I got my second COVID shot and that's why I was not on the live stream nearly as much as I wanted to be. But Nick clipped our, uh, our spot, or at least the spot that I appeared on that Gerald graciously invited me on top five, Gary Oldman performances. And I'll put that video link in the description. It's on YouTube. And we had a, we had a great time doing that. That was a lot of fun. I wish you were on man. I unfortunately, uh, ate some bad crab or some shit. And I was out of commission. I was in bed by like, (laughs) 10 30 that night I, I wanted to be on really bad and i remember texting gerald like dude i hope i'm gonna make it and i won't be much of any help or good if i'm on anyway because i was dying but 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 aside from that i mean it's june it's pride month it's my birthday month it's it's start of summer and uh i'm excited for a lot of the new movies coming out so I, i'm i'm doing really well i'm on cloud nine as far as i'm concerned yeah, me too. And I actually got to see your ass for the first time in a long time. That's I mean, right. I see you at Alamo when I pop in and see a movie and talk to you for a little bit. But we actually got to hang out and we watched a movie together. An actual what? movie. Yeah. Just Starring like we used to. One of the best actors ever to grace the silver screen. Rob Van Winkle himself, Vanilla Ice. Cool as ice, baby. The new the legend. bear. <laughs> uh I think 2K restoration, Blu-ray, or 4K restoration. I don't know, but it was your first time seeing it. I had seen it as a kid. Um, And uh, very strange, interesting, very strange, interesting. I I can't even find words for (laughs) what make up that movie, but... um, It's certainly a thing. Yeah, it's it's something, all right, but yeah, what... Do you what think we'll you? ever review Cool as Ice on the show, Justin? Well, that was a, that was initially like the whole idea that we were going to do that. But my whole backstory with meeting him, which I've talked about on this show so many times. But hey, a refresher if you're new to the show and you don't know that I hung out with and smoked a blunt with Vanilla Ice. I'll tell <laughs> it right now. So, uh, yeah. Give us the Cliff Notes version. The, the small version. Yes. So. I always knew back in the day, and I still know now, if you want to get backstage with people, talk to the drummer. I was at a Vanilla Ice show at a casino, and during a snowstorm, the show ended. Started talking to the drummer. He was cool enough to let me and my girlfriend at the time backstage. I was freaking out because I was a huge Vanilla Ice fan. I still love Vanilla Ice. Fuck all the haters. Seriously. Um, I walked into the backstage area, and I saw him approaching me slowly. And as soon as he got up next to me, I literally said, why don't you drop that zero? And then he finished the line from the movie. He's like, and get with the hero. And we both did the V ice gang sign, which unless you're a fan, you don't know what it is. And when I did that, he freaked the fuck out. Like, you know, slapped my hand, hugged me. 
And that turned into us eating chicken wings together, watching UFC fight, and then meeting about two hours later to smoke a blunt at a gas station in his rental car and talking about movies for like an hour. So um, certainly an amazing experience. And of course, I was just going to literally I just wanted to review the movie for an excuse to tell that story again, because it is a small claim to fame for me. And I do have a photograph from that night meeting him and everything, which was pretty fucking awesome. So, yeah. If you didn't have that photograph, I'd say you were full of shit. Yeah, most people still think <laughs> I'm full of shit. They're like, you just met him. You just met him at a sh- you didn't You didn't smoke. I'm like, literally, he had me get him weed, okay? So that was a thing. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, maybe if our listeners are like, we, if they're clamoring for <laughs> cool as ice, they really want it that bad. I, I would have no problem with doing a full, in-depth retrospective on it it's a shame that they they did this amazing restoration the movie looks great it looks gorgeous looking uh it doesn't really need to or deserve to really but they couldn't get an interview with him like i'm sure he would have sat down and talked about it like i don't know yeah commentary in a trailer doesn't really do cool as ice justice come on dude seriously i know damn well he would talk about it he probably would talk about how fucked up it was that he had to make that movie and he didn't want to in the first place but <sighs> moving along to new movies. Laysauce, you ready to get into this? You ready to talk about a new movie, a new movie review, baby? I'm so ready. A sequel to a highly successful horror science fiction thriller by Big Tuna from The Office. John Krasinski, we're talking about A Quiet Place Part 2. Laysauce, I went to the theater to see this movie twice. I can't even remember the last time I went to a movie twice in the theater. Can you? Uh, I I can't remember the last one for me. I was trying to. I think it might even be Avengers Endgame. I'm probably probably wrong, but the one that comes to mind, that's the last one I could right off the top of my head say that I saw twice in the theater. But uh, for good reason, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen this movie, we're just going to jump right in and uh, go full spoiler because, I mean, you kind of have to with this. Um, well, what's interesting, viewpoint. what's interesting is that the trailer really only showed the first half hour of the movie. I was yeah. shocked by how little of this film was spoiled by the trailer. Which is a very rare thing in today's world of movie trailers where literally almost every single trailer shows you the entire fucking movie. So that's refreshing. I have to say, but Lois sauce, I got to throw it to you, man. Um, on first impressions or first reaction to this movie. Well, when I first saw the first quiet place, which came out in 2018, I remember thinking that was a perfectly lean, mean 90 minute thriller. Um, I think all the scenarios that could come out of this concept are exhausted. I mean, what more could they do with the idea of these creatures that hunt by sound? So I'm very pleased to say that I was proven wrong, that there is a lot more that they can do with the concept. Um, Usually with sequels, they either retread the original and just do the same thing over again uh, because they're bereft of ideas or there's a drop off in quality, even if it's slight, there's usually the sequel is usually not as good as the original. And I think this is the rare film in which, you know, it's consistent across the two movies in its tone, 
in its vision and its quality, while also opening up the world a little bit and and exploring new territory that the first one did not cover. So that for me, this feels like a natural and proper continuation of the franchise. White knuckle thrills, compelling characters, very efficiently executed suspense. I mean, there's very little else right now that compares to what A Quiet Place is doing. Yeah, and that was one of the questions I asked you when we met up for drinks the other night. And I threw this to you, and I don't remember you giving me a straight answer. I said, name one other movie, uh, you know, the first one aside, a creature movie, a horror movie with creatures, science fiction, whatever, fantasy, that is this good. And you kind of sat there. I had to think about it, and I don't know if I have a good answer. (laughs) There isn't one because they don't exist. They just, they don't make them like this anymore. And... I have to say this right now. I'm going to say some really serious words in regards to this movie right now and get them out of the way. This is one of the best sequels of all time. Not even just horror sequels, just you're no, going sequels. 100%. Because of the fact that it does, exactly as you just said, everything the first movie did just as good, and in some cases better in this one. Also... I think everyone's talking about Ari Aster, Jordan Peele, you know, in terms of like these new up and coming horror aficionado directors. Um, Krasinski's name needs to be added to that bunch because I think very few of them have been able to execute the type of suspense and tension that these movies convey. And particularly here, the opening to this movie blew me the fuck away. Absolutely terrifying. And perfect timing, the way it's shot. I mean, it feels like a very realistic vision of how real human beings in 2021 would react to this kind of thing happening to them. Um, I'm I'm very happy and satisfied with Krasinski deciding to come back for this. He wrote it. He directed it. I remember when the first one came out and it was doing so well financially. It was such a big hit with everybody. Um, the question obviously came up is there a potential for a sequel? And I think Krasinski questioned that he knew he had a home run with the first one. And I'm sure I can't even imagine what kind of pressure it must feel on your shoulders to go. Oh, I have to make a second one. Especially spoiler alert after you've killed your character. Yeah. You've killed your character, (laughs) but the opening to this movie, uh, that's why I loved that. Cause a lot of people were talking about, well, where's, where's the potential for a prequel he does that in the opening scene of this and leaves it be. And I think they did it perfectly. We don't need a prequel. We see all that we need to see in like the first 15 minutes of this movie. And that way he was able to come back. The opening sequence is one of the best I've seen in ages in, in which we see day one of the creature's attack from the Abbott family's point of view. And the sense of helplessness and mass chaos that's unleashed upon the town helps to intensify the threat that had been well established in the first film. But here Krasinski just takes it to the next level. That first jump scare, um, Emily Blunt driving in reverse from a runaway bus, the sound cutting out when the audience is following Reagan's perspective. It's an absolute masterclass. I, I was absolutely just like blown away. I was stunned by how good this was. I was excited for it. I think when the trailer, the the initial trailer uh, was released, I, it was when theaters were still open. 
I was really interested to see where they were going to go. But the movie had kind of uh, fallen by the wayside for me. I mean, I own the 4K Blu-ray edition and, um, you know, we really enjoyed it when we first saw it. We reviewed it on this show. It's a, a review that gets mentioned time and time again because of Nick's <laughs> issues with waterfalls and his disdain for that type of... Why didn't they uh, just fucking build a house <laughs> by the waterfall? Um, but... All that aside, we wish you could be here, Nick, for this one. I don't know what he thinks of this one. But, I really um, am curious as to what Nick would think about this. I'm movie. sure he found another. Why don't they just listen? I'm sure. Whatever. Um, but We love you. Uh, we do love you so much. But now, yeah, man, I, I really do think that uh, it's very rare. It's a very rare occasion when a sequel can even possibly, potentially live up to the first film. And here, I, I mean, I actually completely disagree with the sentiment that there's not much rewatch value. I watched this a second time and sure, you know, every beat, you know, every scare, you know, when it's coming, I still jumped though. You know, I mentioned before we started recording that the quiet place movies don't have much rewatch value. And perhaps I should retract that statement because I rewatched the first quiet place before going to see part two and still very much enjoyed myself. Uh, What I meant was that once you see the movie once, you kind of get all there is to get about it. I didn't really catch anything new the second time, although you saw the movie twice, so you might have a different perspective. And also the experience of watching it at home just doesn't even come anywhere close to the experience of seeing it in a theater. These movies were made to be seen with an audience. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I talked about it in our review of the first one many years ago, but that was the most quiet I'd ever heard a theater my entire life. And that story that I tell about the guy that ordered his wings before the movie and they got there when the movie started and it was so fucking quiet. The guy literally tried to eat a wing and he, he just gave up. He just pushed him forward because you could hear the whole entire theater could hear the dude crunching wings um, this time around. I think for obvious reasons, people are still getting used to being back in a movie theater again, but for the most part, people were very respectful and I can't tell you enough how exciting it is to see someone jump to a great jump scare or to hear someone shriek. You know, that is the reason why we go to the movies and that's the most exciting part about a movie like this. And I couldn't agree more with you. This is an audience participation movie in the sense that you want to feel that vibe. You want to feel that tension. And if everyone in the room is feeling it, you know, you're feeling it too. It's electric, you vibe yeah. off that. Yeah. And, and this movie, especially for me, it, I think that's probably a large part of why I love this movie so much. Yes. I loved this movie. I think it's going to go down in history, uh, especially, especially horror history as one of the best horror sequels of all time and why I think it's so good. And to move along here in terms of the story, it's very cut and dry. The movie opens. We get a kind of a prequel the day one of these happenings, and then it jumps forward to the end of the first movie, the moment that the first movie ends and then picks up where they're, they don't even really talk about it. It's just implied like, okay, well we have this baby. We've got two children left. We need to leave. We have to go. And whereas the first film was very self-contained, you know, you know, its story was laser focused on this one family. Now we're getting to see the scope widen a little bit as the Abbots venture beyond their little farm and into the outside world. And we see how others are responding to this threat and what they're doing to survive. And 
as I said, it feels like a very natural progression, like a sequel should. It continues the story, it expands the world, but it never loses sight of the characters at its center. And I think that's the secret ingredient. The focus on the characters sets these movies apart from a lot of other horror fare. And one of the reasons why I think they're so popular and successful is because people can relate to that strong family dynamic. Yeah. And also with the loss of their, you know, their father, their husband, Lee, you know, that's, that's terrifying because he was a, a centerpiece protector. He was so dedicated to the cause and trying to figure things out for his family. Now he's gone. So they're left on their own, a newborn child. There's a lot of challenges. And I think that's what makes this one even scarier in terms of the themes. You don't know what what else is out there. You don't really know what else is in the the rest of the world because they haven't been connected to it. They've just been been so self-contained at home. They had a system set up, which there was a safety net for them there. Now they realize it wasn't going to work. It was never going to work. And we're introduced to him very early on. But Emmett, played by Killian Murphy, an amazing addition to the cast here. So good. Um, I mean, he's always been a great actor. I feel like he never gets his due. I mean, he, people that love Peaky Blinders, he's apparently in that, and it's very good. I've never watched the show. My kid loves it. Um, he's always in supporting roles. But I felt like there was a little bit of like, hey, man, 28 days later, we got to get him in this movie. There's like scenes with him with like a dirty ripped shirt and a beard. I'm like, that's right out of 28 days later. Um, so he's got that horror pedigree already in him. He's in one of the best zombie or I should call it infected people movies because they're not really zombies, even though it's a zombie movie. But you know what I'm saying? Um, he, he just really knocks it out of the park. It was going to be hard to fill those shoes. And I'm so thankful that they picked someone uh, with the acting caliber that he presents to this role. He's not a big star. I mean, uh, most people watching this movie probably don't even know who he is. Or do they but recognize feels, him from Batman or something? Maybe. maybe well, he's got yeah. a big, long beard. He's playing it very differently. So, I mean, most people, I think the GA isn't going to really know who he is. But I'm glad they took someone that was a better actor, I guess, than just another star to, to add in there. They don't need any more star power. I wasn't quite sure what to think about Killian Murphy's character at first. You know, his morals are a bit dubious. You never really know where he stands. And I thought for sure that the movie is going to venture into the cliches about like, you know, there there are murderous creatures out there, but the real monsters are the humans. Yeah. yeah. But thankfully, they don't go that route. In fact, he kind of becomes somewhat of a father figure to Reagan. They have this conflict where, you know, she she challenges him. She asserts that he'll never measure up to her father. And he's put in a situation where he has to step up and protect her. And that's a really strong arc for the character. And I'm glad that the film subverted my expectations about Murphy's character being untrustworthy. No, I, I know because the first time we see him, we don't even know it's the same guy in the opening of the movie that was sitting on the, the you know, in the baseball field with his son. Um, so once you realize that you kind of see the character start to loosen that hardened shell a little bit. And it starts to crack where he's like, hasn't had any family because they're all gone for so long. And he's put in this position where Regan's like, fuck this. I want, I'm going to continue my dad's work. She finds a loophole and there's people still out there. There's something happening that we don't know about. We need to get there. That's the goal to be where other people are. If there's other people, we need to go there. And that's what makes this movie 
kind of an adventure too. Cause they're like on this, like almost like had a road trip type thing. You know, she goes off on her own and Emmett is forced basically into going to find her. And that's where the film gets really exciting because we know damn well, we don't want to take the whole movie with them just in like a factory hiding from the monsters, you know? Uh, yeah. You want to see... expand the world. Yeah. And as they do, it becomes brilliant. Loisos. I feel like, in the future, at film schools, this movie will be used as an example. There are times where they are telling three different character stories at the same time. All three stories are properly building tension, suspense, and they're all extremely well executed. I think that's why I'm going to keep hammering home Krasinski's name as being part of the discussion in terms of modern I would it's more of thriller than horror, but it's still got great horror elements here. But in I'd terms of people movie, that are for sure, well, it definitely is horror, but I'm saying it's very rare where modern horror directors are able to convey or present such perfect suspense. I mean, this is Hitchcock level here. I think John Krasinski might object to being called a horror director because he's gone on record to say that he's no fan of the genre, but I want him to keep doing horror because he is one smart filmmaker. You know, when you get to the rising action of the movie and you have three multiple storylines going on, each intercut with one another, and they're all sharing their climax at exactly the same moment. I mean, that takes tremendous skill to coordinate all of that in both the writing and directing categories sequels are inherently missing the element of surprise um, at this point we've seen the creatures we know what they can do hell at this point we even know their weakness so i was concerned that part two would lack the novelty and i don't mean novelty in a derogatory sense but the same originality of the first picture but krasinski finds inventive ways to keep the terror going by raising the emotional stakes and putting the characters in increasingly dangerous situations. He is so good that he presents to you very old school, classic, like like a skeleton falling. And it's a great jump scare. And it actually affects you. How often do you see that done? I mean, that hasn't been done for like, you know, 50 fucking years or something. But something that someone else would be, be so past A or so generic or it would just would not affect you. Literally a skeleton falling. A fake or, ass or fucking bird, skeleton from birds or, flapping or a bird. Dude, and <laughs> that, that one nailed the audience on the train. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. for sure. I yeah. mean, people just, I, you could just hear a gasp and people stomping their feet. It got me. So, I mean, I know we're, we're sucking his dick here, but it, it, it suck his dick. If he deserves it. I mean, that that's how good this fucking movie is. Now I know you would talk to me a little bit. Um, pre-show that you were kind of disappointed that they didn't one up the monsters, the monster designs. Or you, and I understand this like, like alien to aliens, alien. You have one, you have one alien aliens. You got a bunch of aliens and a huge queen alien. So you get something new, you get something fresh. They didn't do that here. And I'm actually curious as to why they didn't, but like what, like a big bad, maybe they're or, saving it. Well, I'm sure, but. Maybe they're saving it for an inevitable part three, but I thought for sure that we would see different varieties of the creatures. We'd see bigger creatures. We'd see a different, a slightly different design. Uh, right. So that was a little bit disappointing. That's a nitpick though. The, the creatures themselves, it's a terrific design. I mean, you shouldn't fix what's not broken. Well, uh, 
I slightly disagree with that. Um, I was never a huge fan of the design. I know there were a lot of comparisons at the time to the Demogorgon from Stranger Things because they both had like the kind of the head that opened up. The Cloverfield That's, Monster is another. Yeah, Cloverfield Monster as well. Uh, apparently, I was trying to look online, Lois, also to see if Krasinski actually named these things. And the only thing I could find was Death Angel um, hmm. based on uh, some of the, the newspaper clippings and stuff that you see in the background of the movie. Um I guess they're just called aliens because that's what they are. But yeah, I mean, the creatures themselves are vicious. You see them tearing people apart and like throwing them around like rag dolls in this. It's really jarring to watch. Very unsettling. Uh, so I just I just would have liked to have seen. I know what you mean. I think and give the creatures it, just more variety. It's the same creature each time. They all look I mean, exactly the same. Saucy, if they were making fucking toys for this movie, which I'm shocked NECA hasn't gotten the license for this shit. But if they were making toys for this you know damn well they would. We have to have a new one in there. We have to got a new get a new action figure in there. Um, it's a matter I'll, of time, I'm sure, before they start I'm, merchandising. They, they, they this. need to. They absolutely need to. I mean, I do like to go back to the, the design. I know we talked about it in our review of the first one a little bit, but I do think it's cool. There's only so much you can do now. I mean, we've seen literally everything in terms of monster designs over the last thirty years or so. It's really hard to come up with something different. I do like the fact that its head is kind of a shell that kind of opens up when it's trying to listen. It is very creepy. I love how its fangs look too. It's a grisly design. I mean, there is a moment in the movie where it's chasing them in a car and it's chase, it's running behind them. And then you think it's gone and then it pops its head back up and chomps at them. That moment. It's a great creature, man. It really is. It's, it, it fits so perfectly within this world that they've created and it scares the shit out of my wife. So, you know, it's effective, but um, I, I agree with that there. I think the climax of the movie is a nail biter. And I, I think that we've got two stories that are continuously happening simultaneously and the movie ends. And I don't know how you felt about this. I saw the movie before you did. I came out and I said, kind of ends abruptly. I don't know how I felt about that, but on a second watch, I love how it ends. I don't know how you felt about it, but it kind of just, it hits a climax that it just oop, credits and you're like, fuck it's, it's the definition of a classic cliffhanger ending. Yeah. I, I, I was wondering if they were going to have kind of a denouement of the family reuniting, just kind of a final scene to kind of give everything closure. Um, I, I think the first one also had a little bit of an abrupt ending. Uh, so I think it fits kind of within what the franchise has already set up. Uh, but as you mentioned, it kind of hits that that climactic that, high, that, that rising peak, action. You're, I mean, you're the there. First, you're, yeah. The first part of the movie is the foreplay, and then here's the orgasm, and and that's it. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I think I think it ends at precisely the right moment. And again, we it's a foregone conclusion that a part three is going to happen. Well, yeah, Krasinski so. had said in an interview recently, um, in between stupid questions about Fantastic Fucking Four, people should have shut the fuck up about that. But in, in, in between questions about things, oh, don't give me that look. No one wants Fantastic Four anymore, except for a bunch of nerds sitting in their basement. I'm just kidding. I just think they're all getting sick of hearing that. They're not doing it. But um, they asked him and he said yes while he was on the set, while he was making part two. He was already coming, with, coming up with ideas. He was already writing stuff down in his notebook, uh, ideas for a part three. I think going back to the original question you said earlier, like, is this a world that could continue on where we could see more and more? I think now. Yeah, I think there's a lot you could do with this. I mean, obviously, we see they're setting it up to try to end it, you know, in terms of trying to get rid of these creatures. And they've kind of figured out a way to do this. 
I'd be down with seeing more of these movies, like maybe even expanded onto different characters and different situations. And I mean, I really hope they don't do what Disney's doing with Marvel and Star Wars and, and dilute the franchise with too much too quickly. You mentioned that the opening of this movie rendered a prequel pointless, but we're probably going to get it at some point. So I'm definitely looking forward to a part three, uh, but I'm I'm wary of it just being run into the ground. I could see I can just see that happening. Luckily, though, it seems Krasinski is still going to be involved in a creative capacity, and Jeff Nichols of of Mud and Midnight Special is coming in to direct a spinoff, and that could be promising. So so we'll see. You have a solid concept. Take your time. And I think that's the key thing here is they took their time with this movie and they made an amazing fucking sequel. I mean, I can't say enough. I mean, as of right now, this is probably my favorite movie of the year. And I know we're early in the year, but I think it'll stand. I mean, I've been very rarely this impressed with a movie. And yes, listeners, I'm sure you can say, well, Justin, you haven't seen that many movies in the theater and it's been a long time. This is the first time I've been in a theater where people actually stood up and applauded at the end. We had applause at our screening. Too. Yeah. I mean, like that's an amazing feeling, but it's, it's, it's the movie getting the applause. I mean, it, it deserves it. It's, it's such a rare occasion and I can't say it enough. I mean, the movie's very simple. It's brisk. It goes by like in a snap and from the start of the movie to the end, it never lets you take a breath. It really doesn't. It just wants to push you and push you and push you. And it's exactly what a great suspense horror thriller is supposed to do. And you rarely ever see that. So for me, number one movie of the year so far, highly recommend it. And dude, it's what the movie industry needs so bad right now. It is the highest grossing movie since COVID hit. And I know that's not saying much for some people, but its budget was $61 million. It's already done $79 million. And that's a feat considering all things, you know, people aren't all vaccinated yet, but people that are, are going out and seeing it. And for a movie like this to do so well as a horror fan, it makes me so happy. It puts a smile on my face. So what I saw is final thoughts in your rating on a quiet place part two. Yeah. I mean, I have a few nitpicks with it. You know, there's one character decision that doesn't quite hold water for me. I know it's a trope of the genre to have a contrivance so that the audience says, don't go in there, create suspense. Um, it, it, it didn't work for me particularly, but you you have oh, your oh, oh. you have your explanation uh. as to why the character does that and that's fine. Um, but but for me it just it, it, it felt a little contrived. He's looking for his mom, dude. Come on. His mom told him to stay there. She was gonna be right back. He's a teenage boy. You know damn well in a horror movie the teenage boys do not listen to their moms. Well, Okay, fair enough. Uh, Did you listen to your mom when you were a teenager? I sure yes, because I was a good boy. God damn it, Lois. I'm going to put you over my knee and whip you. I must also right. mention that All the right. cast is first rate. Emily Blunt, Noah Jupe, and Millicent Simmons absolutely command the screen with expressive and powerful performances. Top-notch technical aspects, including great sound design. As you mentioned, the runtime just flies by, and, and Krasinski just creates nerve-shredding suspense. While, while also keeping a sharp focus upon the story and the characters. I am so glad that Paramount held off on releasing it on streaming, just dumping it to the streaming service or on demand, because I think it's the perfect movie to herald the 
triumphant return of cinema this year. And so I'm going to give A Quiet Place Part 2 a 9 out of 10. Oh, very enthusiastic rating. Dude, I don't remember the last time you gave a movie a 9 out of 10. Holy shit. That is crazy. You can't remember either. <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League, I believe. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, you've already heard me gush and jizz all over this movie. Um, but Millicent Simmons, who plays Reagan, she's the standout for me in this movie, 100%. Yes. I mean, the fact that they they actually, you know, when Krasinski made the first one, he cast an actual deaf actress as a deaf character. And uh, it's so brilliant the way this world was constructed. The fact that everything has to be quiet. So, well, you got a deaf kid in the family. So you all, they already knew sign language, but it made sense to the story because it's how the storytelling is presented. Because otherwise, how are you going to know what they're saying? there needs to be some form of communication for the audience to be able to connect to. And that was the perfect way to do it. And she is just an awesome heroic character in this. She has balls. She's badass. I can't wait to see where she goes in the sequel because yeah. they're really setting her up as an Ellen Ripley jr. <laughs> 100%. And you know, the references are obvious they're on the nose, but man, I can't tell you how satisfying it was. There's a scene where she's in the train and she doesn't know there's an alien in there. And then she sees it. And with one fucking hand, dude, she's holding the mic up to her hearing aid. And then she's got a shotgun and one other. I and mean, she cocks it with one hand and shoots. And I was like, dude, I mean, action hero in the making and a great influence for young girls that are going to see this to just be like, dude pure badassery she's just a normal girl and she's doing it for her family that she loves you know nothing self-serving about that loved everything about the movie killian murphy brilliant performance and i loved the chemistry that krasinski and simmons had together so on point loved the ending loved and i have to mention this too there's very little of the score in there but what is there marco baltrami knocks it out of the fucking park one of my favorite horror composers of all time scream he did the score for logan so many great movies i mean i just absolutely loved the score so for me i don't know if i can i don't want to copy your rating but yeah it's going to be a nine it's near perfect okay that's the way i put it in my initial blurb um i want to give it a 10 out of 10 it's close for me it really is if we were doing 0.5s it would be probably be a 9.5 out of 10 for me this may change upon future viewings but right now it's a nine out of ten i think it's a near classic and one of the best horror sequels of all time and one of the best sequels of all time it is rare ever to get a sequel that remotely comes close to the original and this one for me in some respects even tops it so nine out of ten for me that ladies and gentlemen is my balls are empty because I jizzed so much on this movie and now it's it time to go to it. sleep yes I'm going <laughs> to bed boy sauce is tired He's the young one, but he wants to go to bed, bed and sleep soundly. But I'm happy. He's happy. We hope that you're happy listening to this week's episode of the show. We thank you. Thank you so, so much for sticking with us here on the show and supporting us through and throughout. Um, Blazos, we're all over the place. Tell them where they could find us. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Epic Film Guys. All of the links will be in the show description. Be sure to become a member of the Hobster's Army by joining us on Patreon. Consider supporting us. And uh, we have a, a lot of awesome perks for you all, including early release episodes, 
EFG watch list, bonus episodes, deleted material, and we can't go an episode without thanking our executive producers, especially Jared Taylor and Johnny Nye. Uh, you are the show. The Epic Film Guys is you. And uh, all of our patrons as well. We appreciate your support, your continued support for the show. We really, really, really appreciate you. Love, love, love you. And if you like what you're hearing, if you don't like what you're hearing, if you're like, these dudes suck dick on the mic, uh, go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. I mean, you can leave a five-star review and also say that we suck dick. That's totally fine. Though. We're not, we have no problem with that. But just the fact that you can put the effort in, it just takes a few moments to go on iTunes. It helps us reach more amazing film lovers like yourself. So that's it for this week on the Epic Film Guys podcast. Again, thank you so, so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed. And until next time, we will see you at the movies. And that's a wrap.